happy point one out of town. Taking you to your happy place.
future. Before the two hours are up, it's just nice to remember that we've got a big bright world in front of us, purple clouds. It's actually more of a like peachy glow, peachy to red glow that I see extending out in the housing here. But now we're gonna drift right into our track of the track of the week. I'm telling you, it's a big summer number here out in Clubland, Festival Land. Take me to your leader. By Walker and Royce is on the ceiling. Take me to the leader. Pop the pill, I caught the feeling. My face is on the ceiling. Rolling on that greening. Take me to your leader. I'm a alien. To see the stars where we are. Where we're going, need no cameras. There may be some danger. Then we don't need no parents. Take me to your leader. Tequila, rolling on that greening. My face is on the ceiling. Take me to your leader. Feel I am just marching. Pop just two big dolphins. That I caught a coffin. today got some drum and bass planned and let's play david morley right now phased out caught this off a uh macy little t-mobile sort of thing t you know some sort of online showcase he was doing pulled this one out of his crates and uh it's called phased out 
thought it'd be great background music for our little trivia question tonight. So you know how we do every week. We offer up one or two co-op gift cards for $25 if you can get the trivia question right. And this week, our question. Are you ready? If you are, the number is 250-725-4443. That's 250-725-4443. That's the magic number you call to get a hold of that $25 co-op gift card if you know the answer. If this goes well, I'll have a second one. So the question today, I think it's one you might have wondered before. I don't know if you know the answer. That's that's why we're doing this. The question is, what's the oldest surf shop in Tofino? And when did they open their doors? Give us a shout, 250-725-4443, 250-725-4443, and it could be yours. $25 co-op gift card. David Morley with Phased Out. And it's nice to see that Scott Walker was getting phased in here to the radio. I don't know if you caught his show this afternoon. It was pretty cool. He did a little news update, which I helped with. I thought that was kind of cool on the road road report. It's kind of fun, you know? But uh, yeah, he's going to be filling the seat here in the afternoons. That's going to be pretty cool. He likes his rock. He likes music. Eclectic. And he has a good passion, a huge passion for radio, I should say, which is really nice to see. 
Make sure you check his shows in the afternoons here. about a couple cool new electronic albums that have come out intelligent dance music I would put them in that category for sure both of them but for different reasons so that'll be coming up in a bit but uh Tofino has a lot to answer for and they do that every year in the budget process we'll talk about that in a little bit but for now we got Fluid Vagrant F-L-U-I-D-D Vagrant And the U has a umlauts on it. You know those two dots? Yeah, you're German. You know. Just kidding. All right. So hit Vagrant. you forgot your rain jacket or need rugged workwear, we've got you covered. 
from proven tough suppliers like Carhartt and Helly Hansen to miscellaneous items like Teva flip-flops, embroidered souvenir tees, and postcards. Tofino Life Clothing will get you what you want. Big shout out to Co-op Tofino, sponsoring Frequency Horizon. Don't forget, if you want to win yourself $25 at groceries, give us a shout. 250-725-4443 and answer the question, what's the first surf shop that opened in Tofino? And what's the date that it opened? Just a year will do. 250-725-4443. So you know the drill. On this program, we do a rad review segment every once in a while where we look at new electronic or indie music that's out there and let you know how we feel about it. Today we have a local mind. I, call, I say that because he, he pretty much fit in here on the West Coast even though he lives in Poland. That's right. You know who I'm talking about. It's the Soshnik. This guy's just at the beginning of his career in ambient and intelligent dance music. It's interesting to see the growth. His new release is called An Unknown Water. It's on suffused polarities, which I just buy something from that record label just to, to say I did, you know? It's a cool name. But it's pretty cool. I got a chance to help him out with some of the text for this too, and I, I think it holds. So I'm going to read it for you, and you can enjoy it. Now, this song, by the way, in the background is called Pre-Dream End of Frog's Blueness. Do you agree? Is that a good name for it? Well, make a zine about it at tomorrow's workshop if you want. That's happening in Tofino, by the way. From the, the 21st century to atavistic membrane of imaginary worlds, the Soshnik's new EP, An Unknown Water, will douse you in plenty of unpredictable excursions. You won't find anything like this elsewhere. Amongst the other electronic music consortiums, break off a piece of this short jaunt into psychedelic ambiance. You will be mesmerized. You hear the intro, you know the outros. But what's in between will surely amuse your auditory faculties. Dip your foot in this unknown water and you'll almost feel mysterious hues saturating your emotional construction, if such a thing is possible. This one here is called the moss, which you'll see tomorrow if you didn't see it today. Trust me. Conceptual membranes provide a surreal return to the classic tones of early 90s familiarity while observing changes of aesthetic perception. Once Nisoshnik delivers with access to the weirdest personal inspirations combined with melodies emanating from the subconscious. play my favorite one from that album. It's coming out. It's a fuse polarities. It's a real one. Or maybe real eye. You never know with this guy.
interesting case. I mean, the first thing you notice when you look at the electronic act that Dugo's put together, I mean, his oeuvre is full technical melodramatics. He'll stray away from the conventions of traditional soundtrack or video game music, which I think is nice. But still has what he does in line something that's pleasing to the ears, which is cool. Sinking into the skin of Takahiro Izutani's acoustic guitar and programming. You understand his approach to this latest album. It's called Lingua Franca. You're ushered into a world that's not so far away, and yet is a parallel universe, interlaced with sonic sculpture techniques. It's ornate, but not entirely blissful. Intricate, but not broke. Well, this part sounds kind of broke, but we'll just let that slide. You always want to commend the inspired independent producer, but it is the inspiring for which I reserve my greatest praise. I'll take anything on a lark, but this dude is real. No wonder one of his tracks was featured in CSI Miami 3 third season that is back in 2006. Well that's the little project that this guy interfaced with. We have Burial referencing complimentary songs for a five minute, 40 second opener, for example, Sunburst on this new album, Lingua Franca, going through the dusty road onto the quote, boat on the river before finishing off with Ruin. Love the instrumentals. Singularity, by the way. Does it sound like the singularity to you, what you picture as the singularity? Kind of sounds better than what I picture as the singularity. Which is helpful, I suppose.
duo with Singularity. That last track was what clinched the album for me. But sometimes I come across just random amazingness on SoundCloud and I go, geez, I need this in my eardrums right now and in the future. It's up to you whether you agree with me about this track. See who Roberio. Acroberio. Dissidia.
or at least ideas for a zine for tomorrow's workshop at Ultramarine. That should be a blast. Check it out. Hi, I'm Shari. And I'm Jeff. From, from Tofino Co-op Hardware. Are you new to the community or just putting off getting that co-op number we keep asking you for? Why not invest $10 and become a lifetime member owner? Our member owners will receive 5% in cash back and equity on all their purchases made throughout the year. Your membership is good at all of our locations. The grocery store, gas bar, Tofino Life Closing, and of course the hardware store. This also gives you a vote at our annual meetings. So take five minutes to stop by our admin office. Invest in yourself and your community. Easy peasy, right G? Yeah, easy peasy, Shari. I hear Co-op has some You're at home here. developments planned for the, the gas bar, I should say. And I'm not just talking about the amazing commercial that we're going to debut soon here on the Frequency Horizon. But we don't have to debut it. Yeah. Hey, maybe I'll give it to Scott Walker to debut. This is a close runner-up for our track of the week. It's Chris Sue or SU. Must be SU. Control your body. Which isn't always the easiest thing to do, you know? Bye. 
everything would be appreciated and it's definitely deserved. I'm here right now because of him. And in fact, Scott Walker, of course, same deal. He's, he's fresh to the station. So, you know, we need to support the lifeblood of Tofino Radio and, um, you know, also just give a thumbs up to Cam for what he's done. But now it's time for some Infinity Inc. Alienation. Stick around, because next up, we'll have Counselor Greg Lunchett in studio. Turns out he's been a little bit inspired by the frequencies we've been putting out there. Let's see what I mean.
good on the SoundCloud recently, hey? We're on track to have our busiest month ever. So actually, if you go to iTunes, check in with all the back issues that we've done all the way from 1 to 83. Well, 83 is obviously not up there yet, although if you're listening to it online, it is. find myself. I said write and writer. And writer. And just I just did like a little delay, like a delay effect on there. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> good yeah. We got uh, HMU with Medicine Man, and uh, yeah, how's your evening been so far, Greg? Good, good. I'm grinding away on computer all evening, but uh, it's good to get out and see how the real world... I was just mentioning to the folks on the Frequency Horizon stream here, uh, you got a cool beret on. Do you have different ones, or do you just have the one main one? Well, when you're a bald guy like me, yeah, hats are a big part of your life. Yes, they are. I'll probably get there one day, but that's why I'm rocking the long hair for now. Well, I noticed you need crocheted too. You know, three different shades of blue. Yeah, actually, I got that today. Really? Yeah, it's a total random story. Uh, I picked up a hitchhiker, and 
who ended up having like a, an organ at his house. And uh, another O word here. An organ at his house. An actual organ. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, anyways, his hat was laying around. And I was like, I need that hat, basically. So we gave it to you. Yeah, for sure. I know. <laughs> it looks great. Anyways, we're going to play this song out, and then we're going to get into something a little mysterious and possibly something a little more straightforward. Just stick with us. I'll see you'll see what I mean. find it hard to find great gems through SoundCloud. I use it more as like a community platform. But um, when you come across things like that, Medicine Man and the one I played earlier, um, Dissidia, that was pretty sweet too. Reminds you that, you know, those online communities can bear fruit from time to time, hey? Anyways, (laughs) enough about electronic music. We've got a special guest in the house. How are you doing today, Greg? So... You know, you, you, you take off your jacket, you know, you can be chill out, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's although, yeah, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, basically, you know, you're a busy guy. You, you had a, a committee of the whole meeting yesterday, right? That's So committee of the whole meeting yesterday, how, how did that go? Uh, it was good. It uh, was exactly two hours long, so it allowed me to get out and see T2 Train Spotting, the movie that was showing in the uh, theater right next door. So that was going from like the bureaucratic to the really freaky drug addled. So you're basically like preparing yourself for your appearance on the Frequency Horizon radio show with all the electronic music that I assume was being played in the in the movie. It was nonstop music, yeah. <laughs> and really loud. You know, it's funny because I don't know if you know this, but the soundtrack for the original train spotting, for example, included such numbers as um, uh, get what is it called? Get slippy by Underworld and that like basically launched their career. It's still like they're basically only hit, but they're still like one of the bigger acts in dance music or they have their legendary status and I would say it's cemented in part by that film. So it's interesting to be like, oh, now here we are, you know, years later, the guy that put that film out, the first one did Slumdog Millionaire and a bunch of different films, I believe, if I'm not mixing up my facts. You're right. And okay Danny good. Boyle. Danny Boyle. 
and uh, here he's back doing train spotting. What did you think of the movie? I was blown away by it. It's, it's, I'm not big on sequels because they usually don't reflect the uh, initial movie very well. But this one, it had scenes cut in from the initial movie and uh, a lot of the relationship, all the relationships from the initial movie were, were brought back into this in a very competent, convincing fashion. So I, I was blown away by it. Don't, don't give us any spoilers, but, but tell me like two really cool parts about the plot that you liked. Uh, well, if you remember the original movie, there was uh, some pretty incredible vomit scenes, and there was another one in this movie. I won't say any more, because this is family radio. And uh, well, just the way they wrapped it all up at the end was uh, very satisfying without being cheesy at all. We're after 10 p.m., Greg. <laughs> means you could, you, could, you could tell more if you want, but I, I don't want to like tarnish your, you know, your no, clean. Just this is not see the movie. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but not only that, isn't it cool that we have local actors that are local providers of entertainment that really do a good job at selecting, you know, great content, don't you think? Absolutely. It was very close to a full house last night. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, lucky I got in. And then the previous week, were you there for, they had this, what was it called, The Promise? No, I had a meeting during there? that time. I, I, well, missed, I missed half the Monday night movies because of conflicting meetings. But we'll get to that. But, uh, you know, I actually just wanted to, to let you know that there's an amazing photojournalist American in the film, and he basically helps to, you know, save these people from being slaughtered, you know, by um, uh, Turk, like the Turks. Yeah. Basically back in the day through the Armenian genocide. And it was really cool being someone who's interested in you know, photojournalism and written journalism to see, you know, there are situations in life where the rubber meets the road. And it actually reminded me of a letter I got from Amnesty International today. Do you follow what's going on? Do you, do you follow stuff from Amnesty ever? I'm on their email list. I get their emails regularly, yeah. Did you get the one they sent out today? It was like about how they have staff members and stuff in Turkey that have been charged. No, I haven't heard that one yet. Or seen Isn't that, that crazy? There's, there's, there's human right defenders and amnesty staff in Turkey that uh, basically they've gone to prison. And that's basically just less than a month after their Turkey chair, Tanner Kilik, was detained and charged. So, you know, it's interesting to watch a movie here in Tofino and think, oh, that's so, so far in the past these abuses that would happen to journalists and whatever, and now there's these human rights defenders that are still facing this one. And I'll, I even have Frequency Horizon listeners that are in Turkey that have said the same thing. It's crazy, you know? Wow. <laughs> that was a bit of a tangent, but uh, basically... Um, a little self-promo tangent there. Well, you know, shouting out my listeners, and I, I always like to say, um, you know, it's good to follow up what we've done before. And actually, that was your initial idea when you came here, was that you actually tuned into last week's program, didn't you? I did. I uh, listened to the SoundCloud. And um, 20 minute story about a, a wolf man. That's kind of interesting, eh? It was riveting, I tell you. I, I don't was, know about riveting. I wouldn't say riveting. No, I found it riveting. That's, that's the word I was using at the time. I really? Was like, I'm listening to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a raw interview. You were sitting there at Poolsland, I believe, with a recorder or your phone or something in front of you, and there are people eating all around you and everything. I know, but isn't it cool that they were actually playing music in the background that I would play on my radio show? Isn't that sweet? Like, they actually played, like, board 
Stars of Canada back to back to back. And, uh, you know, like, that's totally, like, captures Pools, pools Land in its essence, you know? There's someone telling a story. There's people, like, frying stuff up. And it's a true community in the middle of the summer. It is. It's its own little entity. <laughs> but you've actually come up with uh, a poetic jaunt from that initial as you called it, a raw audio. And I, I do say raw because there, it was a bit scratchy I did here, even though I used my Zoom recorder. But you've distilled that into something just as mystical, but a little bit more structured. I was wondering if I could get you to read your poem. Let me just fire up my phone here. Called I don't, the Wolfman. I don't write poems on, on phones, but I just put it on a phone. I've, I've rewritten it a little bit since Oh, then. you've, you've rewritten you've, These, uh, This, this, is, this was the, very raw. Guys, this is the, the, the Frequency Horizon VIP. <laughs> World premiere. <laughs> of the Wolfman. <laughs> okay, Wolfman. On Sylvain's story of being hunted by a pack of wolves while lost in the woods at night and reading the Facebook comments and listening to the Frequency Horizon interview. A tale incredible way beyond the reach of our pale, town-bound lives, too outrageously close to a ragged edge to be coddled on Facebook. The raw and the wild, staggering through a swamp, uh, uh, afraid of being eaten. No, this cannot be allowed. Bring on the doubts, the insults, the character assassination. In another culture, not too far away, such a night would be life-defining, vision quest, the man a hero, the wolves a mythic message to everyone. Were the wolves real? The black ones in the trees with glowing eyes? The eager pups? The white ones, other side of the swamp, releasing him to the summer moon? The hours were real, I believe that. The fear was real. In another culture, far away, shamans drink ayahuasca to spend the night in such fear, pursued by unimaginable beasts. But on Facebook, we dare not entertain such creatures. Even here, at the butt end of the road, thrust out like a diving board over a deep green pool of wild where any of us could be killed and eaten any night in the neighborhood woods, we dare not grant such an experience. This is how far we've come and gone in our tourist haven town. We watch the wolves, sure, but never, never touch. Greg Blanchett, 2017, Wolfman. It was about Sylvain. And actually, who did I see when I drove by Cox today? Sylvain, rolling by. And uh, I invited him on. I think I thought he was going to come on this program. But because uh, I thought it was interesting that you referenced Vision Quest. Well... <laughs> what really struck me listening to that interview is that, you know, we're sitting here, the whole town of Tofino is on colloquial territory, traditional territory that goes back, you know, 10,000 years or more, and the wolves are really a sacred animal to the Tolokwiat. And had some young Tolokwiat man come back into staggering into their village at the crack of dawn with a tail like this, I can't help but think that that would have electrified the whole community. I don't know about electrified. I mean, I actually heard a few stories like that, um, and that that it was kind. Of, this was last year that it was like increasing. You know, the wolves around that area. But I mean, you know, that's what happens when you cut down their habitat, right? And uh, you know, there's an understanding of the give and take of nature and man-made, you know, structures and objects, and that's always interesting to look at. 
And that's when you get, you know, different people reaching out to look for answers, whether it's, you know, speaking to Sylvan directly, which it seems like the Pacific Rim National Park is, is interesting in finding out more about that incident, gauging in on their spectrum of what they're going to do about wolf attacks. But uh, the interesting thing is that not only do they have a human wildlife coexistence specialist, like that's an actual position that they have. That must be a long business card. It's a good one, though. It's a good name. It's like, then you could put the coexist bumper sticker on and not feel like, you know, a silly hippie, you know? And yeah, it's, 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 it's just a job title, right? Stuff. It's official park <laughs> business. So, you know, I think that's interesting. But then there's the other side of it, too. You know, another side, the other side being, you know, it turns out Sylvan is, you know, he's not a stranger to vision quests, quote unquote himself. And maybe, uh, you know, imagining himself being someone who would turn into a wolf and maybe attack a cougar, possibly even like the previous day before his incident happened. Oh, really? And I, I wanted to ask him about that on his show and I was really hoping he was going to, going to show up, but, uh, you know, we'll have to get them on in the future. But I think that's that's a traditional theme that we, we, we've had in the past, but it's also a modern theme with, uh, shall we say, the Pools Land crew. Not that I'm saying he's part of that, but um, there's well, many facets. more than the Pools Land crew. I mean, the, the Green Soul crew is always going on about stuff like that, you know, or... or, or a lot of our reality, most of our reality, is in our heads. And, and, you know, I would be a little bit of a hypocrite if I had any issues with that, considering my show is called The Frequency Horizon. So I'm just going to leave it at that for now, get into a track that I think goes well with this sort of atmosphere. It's Plaid with Clock.
Blanchett, local counselor, and more. What's one of the other things that you'd say that you, you like to do besides being a counselor and a writer? I'm a volunteer. A volunteer. A nonprofit volunteer. That's so important. Otherwise, how are you going to go to the, the Claycote Biosphere Trust luncheons that they have for you know volunteers every year? Oh, yeah. That's the only reason I do it. That's the main solely. like the, the, oh, that's the spread that they put out? I don't think I've ever been to one of those volunteer lunches. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I was busy volunteering during the last one. You know, you always got to shout out people like that. The you know, Claycote Biosphere Trust, they do a lot, including you know the, the, the quality of... of life, uh, you know, issues that they look into, such as the basic standard of living that we need to have through a basic, you know, minimum wage is actually the living wage. What do you think when you heard them talk about the living wage again at uh, the council recently? That's fantastic information to have. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of frightening that we're the second highest in BC. Wait, 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 say that again. We're the second highest in BC as far as what you would need to make to survive? Uh, well, yes, it's a, it's a very particular thing. It's based on two parents with two kids, one in school yeah, and they one found in like daycare. Average. Yeah, well, this, yeah. That's, those are good numbers yeah. to go with, yeah. But the number, the living wage, is $20.11. Yeah, so $20.11. you're going to yeah. live, and it's a living in a rental, but it's it probably accurate rental, too. I'd covering say. your expenses, uh, each, and each parent working, they should be making about $20.11 to lead a decent life in... Uh, the biosphere sound region at least for sure like a lot know. of our people are not making that so that's that's <laughs> a great benchmark to have well i always find it interesting like that local businesses you know are proud to advertise that they're paying their workers you know 10 11 12 13 dollars an hour you know and not, not that not that there's anything wrong with that but i'm just saying like you know, I guess maybe they're just putting it right out front, being like, "Okay, well, this is all we can afford to pay you, or whatever, right?" For well, that's the trouble with a with a <laughs> tourism economy is that it pays tourism wages. Yeah. You know, Vancouver is a little bit ahead of us. They're a few cents ahead of us, but Vancouver has lots of uh, you know wide variety of jobs. They aren't based on a tourism economy, so it puts us behind a bit of an eight ball here. But wouldn't you say that maybe you know it's an argument that a lot of the the resorts could make is that you know. They face a lot of challenges, including having to build housing for their, their staff. I mean, that's part of your new amenity, amenity bylaw that came out, right? Absolutely, it, yeah. Not staff housing, but affordable housing. Affordable housing, but no, no, but, but to build, if you wanted to build like an addition or something to yep. the resort, they would have to dedicate at least a portion of the funds to, to staff housing, right? Absolutely, yeah. So that's a huge thing, and that's something that a lot of the resorts are looking into is you know, how can we expand, you know, the way we take care of our workers on the one hand, but, uh, you know, operations and just accommodating the, these people that are coming through. Like, I was down in Portland, and, uh, you know, a girl was like, hey, I wanted to go to a wedding in Tofino, but I, and I had the money, I just couldn't find anywhere to stay. She literally missed her friend's wedding because there was nowhere to stay. And, uh, and so that's what you get. You get, you know, people looking for solutions. And so can anyone really blame, uh, you know, for example, like the Wiccan Inish, they're going around, they're trying to find out how can we put in more worker housing? I mean, that's, a, that's obviously a concern. I mean, I remember when I went there at the beginning of the summer, they were, they'd already filled it up, and it was like two, three months before summer even started, and their, their worker housing was full, you know? Yeah. So, and there's people, I mean, theoretically, you live in worker housing for two or three months, and then you move out into regular housing in the community. But there's people who've been there for six months or a year. So you can kind of, I mean, on the one hand, you can kind of understand um, the dilemma that they're in, but on the other hand, you know, you have people saying, look, you know, th it's almost like gentrification of a neighborhood or something, or like, it's, it's almost like nimbyism too, because you have people that are, you know, kind of 
protesting the, the plans for building a Wiccan and a staff housing accommodation. I mean, it's only a proposal at this point, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, the current plans that they've been, you know, reached out to with, um, basically, there's a lot of environmental concerns about, you know, what that would do to, you know, fish bearing stream and stuff like that. And, um, you know, how, how do you respond to people that say, geez, you know, we want to keep the charm of Tofino the way it was on Sharp Road or wherever else, keep our clientele at the, the Dolphin Motel, but still, you know, you know, kind of exist in a place where we are growing as a community. Like, how do you wrestle with that as a counselor? It's, that's kind of the primary thing that, uh, that I think we all wrestle with is preserving the town as a livable town and uh, uh, but still accommodating the amount of growth and the amount of tourism that we have you know I think looking looking back at the uh, uh, looking back at a sort of a quaint fishing town we're not that anymore and we never will be again unless you know the economy and th unless things have a big change uh, but we can be something smart and sophisticated and livable for all of us, all of us who live here, and still be a town worth visiting. Well, That's the trick. How do you oh, make yeah. that happen? It's not easy. Yeah. Right? But there's no doubt that we need way more st uh, staff accommodation. There's no doubt about that. So we've got to build that somewhere. So probably some people are going to be unhappy uh, because it's got to go, you know... <laughs> near near other places we're not going to put it out in the middle of of nowhere so uh we're gonna have to we're all gonna have to make some compromises i think and that, that one there that's coming out or possibly coming out is um has a cool name you know surf shore right that's it's kind of a cool name i yep. think you know maybe a little bit generic let's be honest but yep. uh you know maybe they'll spruce up spruce it up i mean it's i guess it's only staff housing so it doesn't really matter what the name is but well in terms of staff housing and again it's just it's at it's at the proposal stage now there's there's not a formal uh development permit application on the on the books yet so it's like at the idea stage so it's all very fluid but it's pretty nice staff housing you know there's some dorm styles and there's some duplexes and fourplexes and uh, it's all in a little cul-de-sac so uh it should be should be pretty nice nice place uh, for for staff people to live it, you know it'd be decent living so you were actually involved in a, a vote recently where you know i believe there was something to do with um housing issues that kind of came into it as well although this is more on the kind of vacation rental side of it and uh, i believe yeah you were you were defeated in your support i guess of uh the shore they wanted to believe a zoning amendment recently yeah, and uh, what what was it that you were trying to support them to do? Well, I think the shore is a special case in this town because it's very high-end housing. Um, you know, those penthouses are up in the one million plus uh, end of things. I think I think I saw it rent being rented out for you know eleven hundred or something last winter, or like twelve hundred maybe one of the units. Oh, that's that's a pretty good price actually for this town. Yeah, I but in terms so. of sales, uh, they're they're quite expensive. Yeah. And uh, uh, staff made the point, the staff recommendation was not to allow short-term rentals. And the, the, the argument there is that we have a shortage of housing, therefore we should not be turning any housing into rental housing. Uh, and that's a very good point. Uh, I and another councillor made the exception that the shore is a special case, partly because it's high-end and it's not going to be housing for people who live and work in Tofino. 
uh, unless they've got some really nice jobs. But that, my, that, was, that was you and Councillor Barrett, right? That's right. That's right. But my thing is that uh, we've spent a lot of money really turning uh, Main Street here into a real pedestrian promenade with wide sidewalks and, uh, you know, inviting people to come down and enjoy the waterfront views. And there's one big hole in that right now, which is right where the shore is, where it's just a big parking lot right now. So there's a possibility of turning that into a plaza, a pedestrian plaza, where, you know, restaurants could put tables out. We could even have maybe food carts or, you know, little sales stalls or it something would just make like this that. place seem that much bigger. That would be really sweet. Yeah, that's what I thought. And the parking can be all moved out to the street. We wouldn't lose any. We might lose a couple of spaces of parking. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll see. We, I, no, that's hard to believe. It's possible just kind of shifting it out a little bit toward the street, not onto the street, and turning that into a big plaza. And the only way we can get that is by an amenity, uh, by granting them something. And what, what they're asking for is short, the ability to short-term rental in, in several of their units. So the, the deal is based to, to have rental, like a rental property? Yeah, short-term short rental. They can rent it now, a 30-day rental. Short-term rental is like one, two, three, three-day, one-week rentals, that sort of thing. Oh, so basically like, Air, like basically Airbnb? Uh, yeah, or, or basically. Or other services? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, allowing them to do that. So you're that, saying it has to be a minimum of 30 days under the current zoning or yes. whatever? Yeah. So if you, if you grant them that amendment, would that apply to all the, that zoning all across, the, all across the community, or would it just No, be? no, it's strictly for the shore. They're their own <laughs> little zone there. They're but then every single person is going to basically be like, well, they got it, and we want it too, right? That is one of the arguments against it. And just to be clear, this was just just looking at permission to proceed. This wasn't a decision about the rezoning. It was just like, should we, should we even go down, start going down the path? And I thought, and Councillor Bart thought, that uh, there was enough, uh, enough reason to consider it that we should at least take the first step down the path. Other councillors thought differently, and they had some good reasons for thinking so. I'm not, I'm not broken up about this. Uh, but don't, don't you feel that this would be a lot very similar to what's going on on Chesterman right now. Are you talking South Chesterman? Beach? South Chesterman, that's right. That's exactly what. South Chesterman was, depending on who you talk to, it was originally built to be a, a more or less affordable homes for locals to live there. Uh -huh. It didn't sell as, as strongly as they'd hoped back in the day, and eventually out-of-towners bought it, and they started renting it out. There's a covenant on there that says they can't do nightly rentals, but they think they claim they've gotten around that, but they by doing three-night minimum rentals. And, uh, and it's also zoned as, as residential, and but now it's zoned as residential. No, but you're so saying they, in the zoning that they're not permitted to do it, or they are, but it's just that there's a covenant. They're not permitted, to, well, there's both. There's a covenant that has been in place from day one, saying no nightly rentals. They think they've circumvented that by doing three-night rentals, which aren't nightly, they're three nights. And uh, the zoning is residential, but that zoning came in in 2009, I think, whereas these units were built in about 98. So they, they were doing the rentals before the new zoning came in. So they... Was it permitted under the old zoning, though? That's the, argu that's, that's the argument that the lawyers are going to look at. Our lawyers say no. You know, we say no.
their lawyers say yes. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to live or be able to rent out a place on, you know, Chesterman Beach area? I mean, I could see that. That's it, pretty it, sweet. I house sat uh, or cat sat there for uh, two weeks a few years ago, and uh, it's a nice location. I'm thinking they probably generated, you know, maybe two at least two million for the town just by having those those properties you know if, if you look at it over the years for sure they brought for in that tax kind revenue of, uh well no i mean in terms of all the vacation rentals they've been doing they've brought i mean that was before the big airbnb wave you know I mean, oh yeah these people they're arguing right that they've been basically been able to do this for so, such a long time yep um and that's you know that really does predate the airbnb kind of debate um yeah and most of their rentals i gather are people who've repeat year after year after year so there's not a lot of advertising required there's sort of people they know that just come back for family vacations and such and i mean isn't it really on the district of tofino i mean if they haven't been enforcing this the whole time you know it's really hard to kind of be like oh well i guess let's let's start enforcing it now i mean how do you how did how do you make that kind of decision at the at the civic level where you go okay now's the time where we need, we're cracking yeah. down on this I well mean, you know they back in i forget what the year was but the early 2000s they did try to enforce it, and uh, the, the South Chesterman Beach homeowners, the association there, uh, the Strata title, the Strata Council, lawyered up and said, no, we're going to uh, fight this in court. And for some reason, I'm not sure what, I wasn't there around at the time, but the council backed down. I mean, is that, I mean, does that luring up? I mean, does that scare a small council like Tofino? You know, I mean, I would think they would fight back, you know? Well, it can. I mean, that's what we've decided to do now is, uh, you know, back, back before a couple of years ago, uh, uh, bylaw uh, was enforced on a complaints basis. So if nobody was complaining, then that was fine. But now, uh, because we have such a crucial short, uh, housing shortage, um, we've moved to enforce uh, to active enforcement of of our zoning bylaws. But isn't that weird? Like, are you? I mean, are you supportive of that process? Would you say? Oh, totally. That's the only way it can go. Okay. So and that's so here's... partly being driven by the whole Airbnb phenomenon. That you know, every 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 house that can be converted to Airbnb is being converted. I mean, that's overstating the case. I know, but doesn't that isn't that kind of you know? I, I don't I don't see the logic of like supporting that one but not supporting, uh, or sorry, trying to get Airbnbs into the shore while trying to get Airbnbs out of Chesterman. I don't understand what's the difference. That's what the other councillors were, the, <laughs> that's the point they were making. And, you know, my point was that the shore is, is uh, uh, a special case because of that pedestrian plaza that could be created. Uh, and I think Councillor Bart was, was making the case that uh, it's in the downtown area. We want some economic uh, activity. We want more vitalization in the downtown, more people coming through, going to the restaurants and such, so that it wouldn't be a bad thing to have uh, a, effectively a hotel operating downtown. Well, I and mean, it's, it's like, what's, if that's, I mean, if that's the argument, right, you could also say that, you know, anything really all the way to, to Blackrock, it's really people that have come from far away a lot of times to see this corner of the world, mostly Tofino. So it doesn't really matter if they're downtown or whether five miles out or, you know, or 10 kilometers out or whatever, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to, to look at what the options are and try to find the path through it. I know it's just very tricky, uh, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll, I just want to play some music. I, I would get really into this. I know play I'm like... something upbeat because this is a little depressing. <laughs>
We're back here we're in back. Tough City Radio Studios with Greg Blanchett. Greg, how do you like that track? What did it make more, you think? Wait, a better question. Beat one's better. Better question. What did it, what, what did you picture in your mind when you hear a track like that? Well, you were talking all through it, so I wasn't picturing much. Fair enough. Well, just so you know, it was New Ages for you. I just downloaded that off SoundCloud again this week. And, um, you know, who doesn't love a little, like, local council brief, you know? I think that's so important. How did you initially get into, like, the civic landscape? Like, was it something you always took civic classes at school and loved it, or is it something that you fell into? No, uh... I've just always kind of followed it loosely. And, uh, you know, I've lived in Tofino for about 10 years now, and I would go to three or four council meetings uh, a year just out of curiosity. And it always surprised me. Uh, you know, you read about the decision in the newspaper, and you think, oh, those idiots, how could they make that decision? Yeah, that's right. Check out the Westerly News. I have an article there last week, but everyone should follow the Westerly News to do, do, do what he's saying, stay up with the matters. Go ahead. And, but, so you'd think... How, how, those idiots, how could they have made such a decision? But then you go to a council meeting and you hear the discussion that goes on and they go at it from, from every angle that I could think of and, you know, sometimes for half an hour or 45 minutes at a time. There's thorough discussion that goes on. So uh, it, it was quite heartening to go to these council meetings and, and realize that the town was being thoughtfully governed, probably, you know, maybe not in the way that I uh, would do it myself if I were dictator, but at least there was some thought being put into these things. That's a really good question. That's a, a great question. I'm going to put that to you. What would you do if you were dictator, Greg? Well, we'd have some housing built pretty darn quick. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Speaking of which... If I, like, if I were a dictator with a lot of money, not was, just power, but money. Yeah, unlimited power, unlimited money, whatever you want happens what would, what would be the first like your top three platform whoa whoa i mean just maybe not platform let's say three cool ideas like if you could just do something right now what do you get the get the sewage system built tomorrow or what well the sewage system has to be built i mean that's on all of our conscious consciences 22 so, what is it 22.2 .2 million and well upcoming. that's a very loose estimate <laughs> yeah, 20 million plus yeah, but uh, we're on track to we've we've submitted our uh, our stage three plan to the uh, ministry, so we're on track to have that approved and start construction hopefully next year sometime. Oh, cool! And where is it built by 2020? Did you is there a final site yet? Not a final site. It's up uh, up industrial way though. There's oh, right, quite, yeah. uh, quite a large bit of of uh, um, non swampy, relatively flat land there, and that'll that'll accommodate it quite nicely. Amazing. That's awesome. So the so, reason yeah, sewage, <laughs> I, culture, and housing are, would be my other two. I'd uh, I'd go crazy. I I'd make sure that we have the best equipped radio station in uh, in town, and that all of our hosts got got paid to do what they do, and that we had like newscasts and and. Uh, you can put the brown like envelope that. just under the the table over there. Okay. <laughs> Stuffed <laughs> thickly with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so actually that's interesting, the, the housing, that you brought that up, because um, I think that's really important to look at, because I think, you know, it's, it's easy for us to say, you know, there, there's problems and we're not going to fix it, but it's equally as easy to say, well, Tofino, House, Tofino Housing Corporation 
now we've done something, you know what I mean? And I think we have a little bit of experience from the past where I'm told there was a previous Tofino Housing Corporation and nothing really happened. So, you know, there was challenges nothing in the past. Nothing visible happened, but lots did happen. They're the ones that got uh, the whole District Lot 114 out by the community hall uh, rezoned and a whole local area plan done for that. And that involves environmental study. That involves a pile of work. Um, it, doesn't in, it doesn't result in housing getting built, unfortunately, but it's the preliminary work that has to be done before housing can get built. So, Is, is that something that, you know, the, the new housing corporation can build on even? Yes, yeah. They're, they're in talks now with local groups uh, to, uh, to get some stuff built out there. It's a kind of a rocky piece of land, so it's, as is the thing in all of, pretty much all of Tofino, it's tricky and expensive to build on. And yet, something that we've covered previously on the Frequency Horizon is this unfortunate situation where in our lovely resort municipality of Tofino on the west coast of Vancouver Island, you know, we have a community called Tofino where the, you guys did an assessment of how development has been proceeding in Tofino and the community got a failing grade. Now I understand that, you know, you, could, you, you pay a lot for a survey, you want them to be critical and, and provide you with options to, you know, to, to improve. But we, we did get a failing grade in terms of development. What makes you confident that our future efforts are going to succeed? Or what are some of the lessons that you've been looking at from the previous uh, situation where there was a, a bit of frustration out there uh, as to how this time the Tofino Housing Corporation can succeed? Because that's what we want. We want housing in this town, right? Absolutely. And not just housing, but the right kind of housing. Um, you know, we've got developers galore that want to build tons of housing, but it's market housing, and our prices are set by basically Vancouver wages, not by Tofino wages. So uh, already over 50% of our housing is owned by out-of-town, well, the tax bill goes to an out-of-town address, so that tends to indicate that it's owned by out-of-towners. And uh, that's, you know, it's their wages that are driving our housing prices. That's where the disconnect comes. So there's a market failure here. So what we need is non-market housing and only uh, an entity like the Tofino Housing Corporation, which is set up to build non-market, non-profit uh, affordable housing can provide that sort of thing. So just so people out there know, I just want to bring them up to speed. This uh, Tofino Housing Corporation, they want attainable housing. I mean, that's the, the, that's the phrase they use, which I think is a pretty good phrase. And in fact, their priorities are going to be rental, home, home ownership, supported housing, and temporary seasonal. So that's kind of, I mean, do you have, do you have faith that they're going to be able to, 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 to bring something out in the next couple of years or what? I do now. Uh, recently, uh, uh, well, a guy who's an expert at this sort of thing, he works out of Victoria. I don't remember, what, I don't know what his name is. Uh, but uh, has been hired, and I just looking at the minutes of the last Tofino Housing Corporation meeting, which came through on the council agenda, or oh, a couple of meetings, the last council meeting, uh, a lot. We're we're sort of going from zero to a hundred in in pretty quickly here. So uh, my feeling is that a fair bit is going to happen. I got to say, I'm not on the Tofino Housing Corporation board of directors. Uh, so I'm not intimately connected with, with what's going on. But to get anything to happen in this town or anywhere really is you, you hire somebody who knows what they're doing and kind of give them some free reign to get moving on it. So I think, I think things are going to start happening. That's right. Let's get the right type going quickly. For now, we're going to play something a little more upbeat, which you requested. It's Chris S.U. with Dance.
D4NC3. And a three is, of course, backwards. We're here in Tough City Radio Studios with Greg Blanchett. SU with dance D4NCE. Wait, was that a little bit more upbeat, Greg? What do you think? I was tapping my toes to that one. Yeah, that's. You, we're gonna make a junglist out of you yet. <laughs> junglist? Well, it's. I mean, that's the case. So that comes out of the drum and bass jungle world, right? That's uh, you know, basically the type of music we're listening to. 100 and whatever the BPMs are, 140 to 160 in that range, right? And um, so, you know, you'll see people walking around or at clubs or whatever with shirts that say, like, junglist, and they wear camo, stuff like that, sometimes bucket hats, although that's a little bit dated at this point. Um, and in fact, I've had some of their, like, top producers that produce music like this. One of them actually followed me on SoundCloud the other day called Teddy Killers, which wow. is kind of cool, which, you know, not exactly a family-friendly name, Teddy Killers, you know, with a Z. 
you know, I, I don't think that any family should have to deal with a name like that where they use a Z in place of an S, you know, grammar people <laughs> and uh, spelling people. But, um, yeah, we're back here. And uh, actually, one thing that I know about Greg is that uh, he's passionate about something that I'm passionate about as well. No, I'm not talking about just the environment. No, I'm not talking about sitting in meetings where civic business is being discussed. In fact, I'm talking about the printed word. Now, I guess I'm curious to know, Greg, what it is about magazines that you find so compelling. You know, some people think they're irrelevant in this day and age. You do not, and I do not. I, I'm curious to know what it is about them that you think will stand the test of time. Well, there's a few things. One that comes to mind immediately is that they're curated. So it's not like a blog. It's like there's, there's uh, people, editors, writers, with a common purpose, and uh, and so there's a certain you know there's a there's a fairly high bar of quality that you can't get just blundering around the internet. So I really appreciate that. I'm a charter subscriber to Walrus Magazine for the last I don't know 10 years or whenever it uh, started coming. One of their one of their photographers actually uh, started a brewery on Vancouver Island. Did you know that? It really, which brewery? It's called the it's called the Gladstone Brewery in in Courtney. Oh no, I didn't know that. And she yeah she used to be a photographer at the Westerly or at not the Westerly the the Walrus Magazine and um, now she runs. A uh, place that I've seen people in Tofino even wearing like Gladstone Brewery shirts and stuff. Sweet. So I like the quality and the kind of targeted focus of a magazine. And uh, I heard you earlier on the show talking about e-zines as well. And, you know, that applies to them as well. It's not a high quality for e-zines, but it's, uh, there's a certain quality to them. So that sort of rough homemade uh, quality that I really enjoy. Whenever I go to uh, Vancouver, I visit the public library there, and they've got a whole massive shelf full of e-zines, or zines, rather, that uh, people have just dumped onto the shelf. So I'll pick up half a dozen of those and flip through them. Actually, I found one there where um, it was written by a punk. Well, they're all punk and ethos, really, but you know, it was about punk music and the punk ethos and like really got into it quite deep. And, uh, you know... When you're in downtown Vancouver, I mean, what else do you want to read? I mean, that's, that's very appropriate. And um, I will say as well, just I know I've said this a couple times on my show, but guys, I totally thought that I missed out on the zine workshop that's happening in Tofino. How cool is that, that we have zine workshops in Tofino? Do you know that's tomorrow night? I have seen it, yep. And so, you know, I'm actually in the process of working on a zine right now, or just helping a friend edit it, hopefully. And... Um, so that's, that's going to come out in the future on the frequency horizon. But you've kind of got something a little bit more next level that you're working on. And that's a, a magazine concept, but is that going to be just online? I'm looking at online, yeah. Um, it, it's occurred to me for, well, I've been talking about this for about a year now. And uh, uh, there's, there's kind of no place, no, no place in the media uh, locally for kind of, you know, thoughtful pieces about Tofino, our culture, how we do things. Not news and not sort of tourist-oriented stuff, but, but uh, stuff about, uh, you know, community, stuff about how we do things, what's happening uh, around town, uh, culturally, that sort of thing. So let me just give a little plug out here to um, the, another island publication that I think maybe you're, maybe, I don't know if you are looking at, but uh, they do show up locally, so you probably are. And that's the Comox Valley magazine that they do, the Comox Valley Collective. Have you seen yeah. that? 
Yeah, I have. No, they're they're actually going to get a new a new editor, I believe, here coming up. Someone who has ties to Coast Guard culture. We'll get more into that in the future. But um, you know, it's nice to see that around. But you're not looking at. I I I'm just going to say on record right now. I think you should do a print publication down the road. Like plan. Would you plan to build up to that? Like if if the online did really well, would you ever consider that? Uh, not ruling it out by any means. Um, I like online just because uh, you can publish it sort of article by article, whereas print you need to fill a whole issue before you can send it off to the printer. So there's a lot more pressure on that. And we used to have a print magazine out here called uh, The Sound. Have you ever heard of it? I Back think you told me about it once. 1990s, yeah, 1990. And uh, the reason I was a little bit late coming in today is that... Uh, the, a friend of mine has digitized a whole bunch of issues of the sound, and I was just starting to put them onto a, a page on this online magazine that I'm playing around with. That's fascinating. The fact that you were late to my show because you were like delving into the printed word, I think that's definite pro that That's the most elaborate, great excuse you could ever come up with, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that you made that up. Yeah, that's, that's the that's only a really downside with online stuff, is that you can't say the dog ate it. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, do you have, have you come up with a name or you, you kind of... I do, but I'm not, I'm not publicizing. You're not ready to, yeah. to drop it yet. Okay, that's fine. But you, you'll come on the frequency horizon when you do, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And as I was uh, saying to you a little bit earlier, I've got a couple of articles in mind for you to uh, chase down. Oh, interesting. See, there you go. On assignment, frequency horizon represents. So the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, I appreciate that you're thinking about me, but you know what, there's a lot of fascinating voices out there that might have a thing or two to contribute. Is, is, there, is this something that you think will be possible that other people could become involved in in the oh, future? Oh, not just possible. That's the whole intent of the thing. Okay, so how, yeah. they, how do they reach out to you if, uh, well, if they want to be part of this? When I launch this thing, and I'll... They just need to bug you. They just need to start bugging you, and then, uh, <laughs> right? It's yeah, basically. As I said, I've been thinking about this for a year. Right now, I'm wrestling between two different platforms online, between WordPress and, uh, and uh, Medium. Medium.com, oh, which yeah. is a kind of a, an online blogging slash magazine uh, cool. uh, format. I use and WordPress they, on mine, but uh, yeah. I'm sure Medium. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure either one you do, either, just do it. You know. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 a matter of just kind of jumping into one or the other because they they each have their own their own advantages. So. Um, uh, we're going to have to leave it at that. We're, we're getting to the end of our show. You can stick around if you want. I'm going to play a few more tracks, but we are kind of coming to the end here. And I wanted to reference, because it's something we didn't talk about this whole interview, and that is your passion for the environment. So we're going to play Armin van Helden featuring Tekatha, and the song is Mother Earth. Sweet. Your white men are lost. You don't understand the land. Too many silly questions. Your presence on this earth will come to an end. You have no sense, no purpose, no direction. <laughs> 